Welcome back to season three of Imagine the Possibilities with Intelia. We are so excited to mix it up this season and welcome a new co-host, Ellie Callum-Cleides. If you don't know Ellie, head back to season one, episode four, from dorm to desk, life as a summer intern. Ellie interned with Intelia on the Talent Attraction Programs team in summer 2021 in between her first and second year of grad school at Boston College. We are so excited Ellie decided to join us full-time after graduating this past May. A little about Ellie, in addition to her Master's of Higher Education from BC, she also holds a bachelor's degree from BC as well in business management. Prior to starting at Intelia this summer, Ellie spent four beautiful weeks traveling around Greece with her family and friends, and I'm so excited to have Ellie co-host with me for season three. Welcome. Thank you, Maritza. Um, We should also introduce you as Maritza Mikowski since you got married this summer, so congratulations. Thank you, thank you. I have no Polish in me, but now with this new last name, everyone keeps asking me. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. And to turn it on to you, so some background on Maritza. She is an Associate Director Talent Attractions Program at Intelia. Maritza joined in November 2020, and she's just about to hit her two years. She holds a Bachelor's in Business Management from Elon University in North Carolina and an MBA from Boston College. She spent the beginning of her career in finance, working for BlackRock in New York City, and then she transitioned to high-tech industry and worked at companies including Carbon Black and VMware. She learned about Intelia from an old coworker, and the rest has been history. She lives outside of Boston with her new husband and four-year-old Corgi Burt. Awesome. Well, I'm really excited to have you co-host with me, and thanks to our listeners for coming on this journey with us. So for episode one, we thought we would just interview one another to help folks get to know us better. And then episodes two through 10, we'll continue interviewing Intelia employees. So let's get started. I'm going to put the spotlight on you, Ellie. Why don't you share with us a little bit about what you've been up to since we last interviewed you in summer 2021. So anything notable in your second year of grad school and then what you're doing with Intelia now. Yes, of course. So since I was last on the podcast, I have officially graduated from my master's program at BC, (laughs) which is very exciting and definitely a big accomplishment. It was really nice to have an in-person graduation. I graduated undergrad during COVID and we had a delayed grad, but this one just felt like a full circle moment. It was really nice to be there with friends and family and finally celebrate formally. So well-deserved. And yeah, in my second year at grad school, I was working in the same office at BC. I got to see some of the programs that I had worked with throughout the year have, you know, their retreats and other import person aspects that we hadn't had in the past. So that was a really great moment for me to sort of see all my work, um, you know, in front of me. And it was it was nice to get to meet other students within my program throughout the year. And then here at Intelia, I will be a talent attractions par- partner um, working on the TAP team here. I'm really excited to, you know, further develop our employer branding, to work on our LinkedIn page, um, and just a variety of other projects that I'm already starting to work on within my first now 
almost three months, which is oh, wow. so crazy to think about. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been great so far. And I'm so happy to be back. Awesome. And what made you decide to return back to Intelia versus try something new? Reason I decided to come back is I just thought back to when I did leave the internship and enter back into, you know, my second and final year at BC. I left with sort of this, this urge to come back and this like, sadness in leaving. Um, I loved the work I was doing. I didn't feel like it was finished. I felt like there was so much more that was still going on. And as far as employer branding, it was so new within the company that Mm -hmm. I just felt like there were so many opportunities moving forward. Once I left, I sort of knew that this was the space that I wanted to go into. I sort of my interest was affirmed throughout the summer. And also, I just sort of was evaluating the environment. I felt like Intelia would be such a great environment for me to start my career. They always trusted my work. They focused on my development and meeting other people throughout the company. So I just thought it would be such a wonderful place to have my first official job after graduating. Yay. Well, we are so glad you're back. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Back on you. Can you share a little more about how you first learned about Intelia and why you decided to join? Definitely. I was at the company Carbon Black, like you mentioned, they were a cybersecurity company in Waltham. It was such a fun ride. I watched them grow from 500 to 1000. I watched them go public. And it was so cool to experience. And then sadly, they were acquired in late 2019, I believe, by a company out in California, VMware. And I remember at the time I was so hesitant to join VMware because they are 30,000 people based in Palo Alto, just so different. And my manager at the time was like, I think it would be a really good idea to stay at least a year and try a big company. Mm -hmm. It was incredible advice. I got on an amazing team at VMware and we were focused on diversity recruiting so it was still TA but combined the diversity world and it was fascinating and I had an awesome manager who happened to be based in Boston so that helped with the transition but then I did the year and I confirmed that a 30,000 person company is just not for me I think a lot of the things you mentioned are how I feel too and so I wasn't job searching like super intense but the benefit of the carbon black acquisition, if you will. Well, I don't know if benefits the right word, but at the time, a lot of HR was laid off. I was one of the few Mm -hmm. who received an offer to stay on with VMware. And I remember being so devastated at the time, but then it ended up being this incredible network because then I had call it 20 HR professionals now working at other companies in the Boston area and all reaching out, sharing opportunities that they had. So after the year, I had someone from Carbon Black who was at Intelia reach out about an opportunity at Intelia. And it's funny because at first I was like not interested. The job description was was really funny. And if our manager, Sean, is listening, I think I've said <laughs> this to him before, but it was like you would run campus recruiting and employment branding and the referral program. Oh. And one more thing, and I remember thinking that is a lot of different jobs for one person. Yeah. And I was really trying to get out of campus recruiting because I have, I had done that part of VMware for most of my career. So at first I was like, oh, cool. Thanks, Jen. But like, I don't really know if that's what I want to do. And then I think a couple of weeks went by and she brought it back to my attention again. And that's when I was like, all right, I'll have a conversation. 
And my first interview was with, you know, my now manager, Sean, and it was not an interview. It was double the time and it was an actual conversation. And I remember leaving that with like things to do almost like it's almost like it already worked here. And we were just talking about like projects and it was that's like instantly when I was like, okay, I really want this job. It was unexpected. And this is new for me. I've never been in the biotech industry before. And it's funny because I thought tech was amazing, but now being in biotech, I feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. Like, I love the idea that we can indirectly be helping people and hopefully, Mm -hmm. you know, working toward a cure. And while we're in HR, we're not the ones at the lab. We are helping to hire and make our employees happy. So it feels connected and it's so motivating for me. Yeah. What a great career story. And I think, (laughs) I think it's really important and it shows a lot what you mentioned about your first interview with Sean. Sometimes you can second guess yourself, but then once you go into that interview and you sort of feel that connection with the the hiring manager, it really can give you insight what it would be like to work on that team or at that company. Um, So we are glad that you took I took a chance and 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 moved forward with me too. (laughs) And in hindsight. I I kick myself a little for not originally just agreeing to the call because even if it didn't end up working out and maybe it was doing something I wasn't interested in, like it's so good to network, especially in the Boston area community or the HR community. And yeah. like now looking back, I would tell anyone always take the call. Like it doesn't hurt. Yeah. Um, and I'm really glad to Jen and Sean who pushed me <laughs> yeah. slightly to take the call. That's great advice. Now that you've been here for almost two years, what do you think makes Intellia so special? From the most recent new hire all the way up to our CEO, the people that we hire, I feel like we hire very kind, empathetic, motivated people who want to find a cure. That is why we come to work here, who are passionate and so intelligent. I love that there isn't this crazy hierarchy like I I feel like I could go up and have a conversation with our CEO and have like a good conversation and then it's a lot of actually what you said I have received so much just autonomy in my role since being here I came in again from the tech world so I think I came in with a bit of a different background than a good number of people and so I was able to bring a lot of my experiences with diversity and softwares that we use. And it was a lot of new things for the company and they could easily have been like, stop. This is so much new stuff. Yeah. (laughs) But they didn't, they were like, okay, like show us the use case and then let's try it. And I just really appreciate all the support that we get in HR to try different things. Even this podcast, I think I've said it before, but this was just an idea and a dream that I had. And Sean was like, yeah, try it. And here we are filming season three. So It's just something unique about working for people who are smart, but also empathetic and kind, but then also really want to see you succeed and help you to get there. And I'm just really excited to see where Antelia goes. Yeah. It's almost like a level of trust that sort of is, Yeah, you sort of come in and you feel like you have that trust right off the bat. And of course, you know, over time, you're going to have to work Mm -hmm. up to that and build that trust, but it's, it definitely seems like an environment that makes that process easy. Totally. And I think there's something to a smaller company, you know, it's all hands on deck. We're still just about 600 people. We have a lot, hopefully knock on what a lot of growth to do. And 
if you have an idea and you have the time, they're going to say, okay, yeah, run with it. We need someone to do this so you can take it. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. So switching back to you, you mentioned last summer that as an undergrad, you thought you had an interest in HR, but you were, of course, pursuing a degree in higher ed. You now hold the master's degree in higher ed. And I, I get this a lot from folks that we see a lot of similarities between higher education and HR, but one could argue that they're totally different from the outside. So I'm curious if you have any thoughts or advice on switching career tracks and not letting the label of the degree hold you back. Like, how did you really make the move? Yeah, I to, to give background throughout early college, even during my grad program, I've always been a person who never visualized myself in a specific career. I don't know that whether that's because I grew up in a family that owned a small restaurant business and I didn't really have those like concrete corporate career models to look up to. Mm. Um, I learned work ethic. I learned how to, yeah, be a good worker and communicate effectively, but I don't think I necessarily had this aspiration to work at a specific company or in a specific Mm -hmm. kind of role. So I think throughout my undergrad life and even my graduate life, I worked really hard on really developing a skill set. And what I mean by that is if there were areas where I felt like I wasn't proficient or I felt like there was more to learn, I really like looked at those and said, okay, what classes can I take to improve those skills? What extracurriculars can I participate in to improve those skills? I focused much more on like building a skill set rather than working towards a specific career, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then as far as how did I get from HR or wanting to do HR and then going into higher ed and now being into HR again, I think I really sat down, whether I wrote it out or not, and visualized the skills that I had, the experiences that I had, whether those were professional or non-professional, like whether that was in an extracurricular at BC, and really wrote down all those things and sort of looked at that list of characteristics and skills and said, okay, how would I advertise this to a job or how would I advertise this in an interview? How could I sort of craft that story? Mm-hmm. And I think the most important thing in all of that was just showing that I was really passionate about trying something new, that I'm a naturally curious person and that I really do love learning. I know a lot of people say that, but I feel like I'm someone that really enjoys the process of going in somewhere new and just being a sponge and learning from everyone around me. So I'd say my piece of advice, if you are interested in sort of you know, maybe changing career tracks, or you're considering that really just like about take do sort of a self evaluation, look at the skills you have the skills that maybe you need to improve upon in order to get that new role, really pinpoint why you want to do that. And, you know, what that company or that that team could, could learn from you as well. I think Mm -hmm. um, having worked in a completely different environment, I think I know things about higher ed, that can be applied within the HR space as well. Absolutely. I totally agree. Growing up, my mom would always harp on me about getting those transferable skills. So if she listens, she's going to love that you said that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) so true. Yeah, it's definitely helped me. And I totally agree with you about being a sponge. That goes really great for my next question. So last summer, we just casually threw on your plate implementing two new pieces of software, iSims and Hopin. 
And then you started here and we did the exact same thing too <laughs> with a new <laughs> software, Kazoo, or now Work Tango. So I'm curious how you feel, like how do you do it? How do you jump in, be first, learn these new technologies while also helping to like roll them out to a company? And I'm going to go on a limb here and assume you did not see any of those three before working here. No. So they were all new to me. I, again, to reemphasize, I do love learning. And I think one of the things I really love learning about is technology. Um, I've always sort of been like the tech guru within my family. (laughs) Um, Whenever someone has a problem with anything, whether it's like a software on their computer or even like hardware. So I guess like an iPhone or a computer, they usually come to me first. I'm naturally curious in that way. So when it comes to exploring a new technology, I really go in as long as I'm not going to mess anything up in the system, but take a very hands-on approach, go in, (laughs) play around within it, sort of see what functions there are, see how easy it is to use. Also, I, a lot of times tap into just the resources that I have. Usually new technologies have knowledge library or Mm -hmm. like a, a information library and also YouTube, Google. Those are all great platforms where you really can ask questions and the likelihood of someone having asked that question in the past is high, especially for these platforms that are widely used across within the US Mm -hmm. and within the world. And then as far as how do you introduce that to, you know, a company like we did at Intelia, I think, like I said, I'm very comfortable with new technology. I love that process of learning. But I think someone within Intelia or at a company can feel completely the opposite. They hate learning new things. They, (laughs) (laughs) especially when it comes to tech, they don't see the advantage in learning a new software. Um, They're comfortable with what they're using right now. So I think when you are doing that deep dive into the technology, into the platform, stepping outside of yourself, stepping into the shoes of someone who is very uncomfortable and using that platform and really asking those questions, what are they going to have trouble with? What are people going to not understand how to do within this? What are some of the, you know, barriers to entry into filming a video on iSims or um, joining a session on Hopin. Really just taking it out of yourself and viewing it from an external perspective is really helpful to craft an effective training or introduction to a program. That is so great. And even outside of technology, I'm realizing the entire talent acquisition team back in February went and completed the certified diversity recruiter through AIRS ADP. Yeah. And then we've been having any new folks joining TA do it. So you had to go through it last month on your own by yourself. <laughs> and you just passed. So you are certified. So congratulations. But Thank it you. hit me until you mentioned that you've never seen Boolean searching. Yes. <laughs> so that's another example of really just learning as you go. Yeah. Never in my life. I remember sitting in the training on, I guess it was two days. <laughs> so the first day and I, to be honest, the training was not what I expected, not in a bad way whatsoever, but it's not the content I thought we were focusing on. And I think I got hit with this pang of anxiety, like, oh my goodness. I feel I, I personally responsible that I didn't warn you. No, it is so okay because honestly, I mean this wholeheartedly. I feel so like I have this new skill now that you I truly do, never yeah. had and this new skill. And also on top of that, you know, within a DEI focus being able to do those searches so I definitely learned a lot and took a lot (laughs) out of the training (laughs) so funny well no we are just so glad and it's helpful to have folks on the team who are like you and just willing to try and learn anything (laughs) so back on you so you went from finance to campus recruiting for tech and then to talent attraction at a biotech 
like Intelia. And then can you talk about making those moves between, you know, those multiple roles and industries? Certainly. My first job in finance was out of this world. I was studying business. I didn't particularly like finance, if I'm totally honest. I was a tour guide at my alma mater, and I gave a tour someone like higher up at BlackRock, like, and his son and his family. And that is how I landed an interview at BlackRock. And then, you know, I like to think I did well in the interview and that's how I ultimately got the job. And the first job, get phone calls or emails when something was going wrong with the software, which was Aladdin, an in-house software that BlackRock built. And I would try and help the traders at BlackRock to figure out what the tech problem was. That's putting it nicely, though, because as you <laughs> anyone could imagine, if there's a $6 million trade that just failed because software stopped working, like they're not the happiest call. Definitely. So it was a lot. I remember having to take finance classes in the summer before the job started to try and like learn. It was a lot of like what you just said, to be honest, like it was just learning as much as they could quickly. And then I like to think that I'm a people person and I like talking with people. And so that made that element of it easier. But that said, I got in the job and pretty quickly learned like finance was not for me. And I remember they sent me to a couple universities to try and recruit for the role I was doing. And that's when I first learned about campus recruiting. And I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. I didn't even know about really HR or recruiting like Mm -hmm. in college. That wasn't something they taught us. They now have a program in it, but they didn't at the time I was there. And I remember going to BlackRock and asking them if I could switch to be on the canvas recruiting team. And they were, they said, no, they were like, you can do both jobs, but you can't like leave the job you're in. So I was working 12, 14 hour days, spending 10 of the hours on my actual day job and then helping the campus recruiters just for a chance to shadow. Like looking back on it, they had me like printing schedules, (laughs) getting food, but I was just so happy to see how it was run and BlackRock, their campus recruiting program is so impressive. It's so large. They hire so many interns and folks straight out of school every year. They are a well-oiled machine. So it was truly the best place I could have learned. Fast forward though, I really wanted to get back to Boston where my family is. So I ended up applying to a job at a similar tech company that did like finance software in campus recruiting. And if it was not the definition of fake it till you make it like (laughs) I remember sitting in the interview and I was not a campus recruiter technically for BlackRock and I just went in and owned it and they ended up hiring me and they told me later it's actually because I knew the software which was similar to their software so in recruiting I could talk about it really well because I knew the software so well so it ended up being that both jobs were key in landing this other job And the previous campus recruiter ended up leaving pretty quickly. So within three months, I was the only campus recruiter hiring 100 plus interns and co-ops. And it was like really getting thrown into it. And I like to think I'm a pretty organized person. And I think that's what kept me afloat. And I also had a manager who definitely like trusted me. And I just went for it. And it was amazing. Some of the politics of the company weren't the best so I was like all right I'm gonna find a third job and I'm gonna stay there like I don't want to be a job hopper 
I'm going to make this next move and that's going to be it. And that's where I found Carbon Black. And it was amazing up until the acquisition, of course. But it was everything I needed at the time and more. It was campus recruiting. I was the only one again. I was leading it, but I had a lot more support. So it was really able to hone those skills. And then ultimately, campus recruiting is what got me here to Intelia. So that's a really long-winded story to just say, I think it's really becoming that subject matter expert in whatever it is. In this case, for me, it was campus recruiting, and that's how I was able to easily float out different industries. And if there's something you really want, like in my case, campus recruiting, and it requires you to basically do two jobs, like suck it up and do it, especially early in your career where it's not like I had like a family to come home to. Yeah. And I could work these crazy hours and it 100% paid off. And it was the hardest time looking back, but it literally shaped my career, which is just so wild to think about. And I, I think campus recruiting is amazing because it is more than just recruiting. You put on a lot of events, there's marketing, there's mm-hmm. a lot of different elements. And so like you said, going from higher ed to HR, it's kind of the same thing. We can talk about all of these things in a broader sense. And then you can talk about having marketing experience, project management experience. Yeah. Yeah. I hope I answered the question. No, you definitely <laughs> did. And I think that's great. I, I, I've seen some things on, you know, whether LinkedIn or just other articles I've read about how younger generations, they don't view the um, career, I guess, the same way as older generations do. What that means is they jump around a lot more, especially earlier in their career. And I don't think that's a bad thing whatsoever. I think that's great because you've gotten to learn all these different skills. You've gotten to test environments. You're not somewhere where you're not happy. Um, Right. I think that's the big thing for me. And I'm sure a lot of folks feel this you'll know when you find a good company that aligns with like your values and morals and lets you grow and learn. it's so noticeably different from a company that doesn't. And I just wish I knew this eight years ago when I entered the working world and to not settle. And I'm really glad I didn't because what a difference it makes here. You, you just said in the podcast, I'm about to hit my two years and it feels like the blink of an eye. It doesn't feel like Mm -hmm. it. It just flew by. And like that old corny saying, you time flies when you're having fun, but it's so true. It makes such a difference. It really does. To move to the next question. So throughout your professional career, what was one of your personal greatest triumphs? And then you could even mention after that, what about outside of your professional career? To not get repetitive and go back into the history of my career, I would actually look at something more recent. And I would say becoming a manager. You, Ellie, you were the first person I ever managed last summer. Really? Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) And I know at the time it was quote unquote, just an intern. So it's a little bit differently, but what a year it has been truly. I feel like I've grown so much, but I still have a lot more to grow and I love managing so much and I'm excited to continue. So that has been just to be able to help you. And then we had another intern, Keyshawn, last year grow and help you all land where you want to be. And then now that you're here full time and the other full time folks that we've had on the team, like helping them grow like that brings me so much joy. And then personally, I think it was buying my first house yeah. last year it was a big deal for me. I had tons of student loans. I remember when I first graduated, people telling me I was crazy to live in New York City. Like I should be so focused on paying my loans off and living at home, which probably was good advice, but I didn't listen. And I just thought it would never be possible to buy a home, especially in Massachusetts. And I didn't do it alone. Of course, my husband and I bought it together, but we didn't 
take any help from our parents. And that was a really big deal to me, like the independence of being able to do this myself or ourselves. So that has been wonderful. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. And such a big step and accomplishment. Of course, now you have the responsibilities of paying for a house when things break and that's new, but (laughs) it's been such a fun experience to just also feel settled. I think I moved seven times between graduating school, (laughs) going to New York, then Boston, then I moved to Medford. I was all over the place. So not not having moving boxes in my future is huge. (laughs) Yeah, it feels good to finally be settled. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then my last formal question for you is what is next for your career? What is next? It's definitely staying at Intelia. I can't wait to see where we go with our science. And we are currently implementing a new recognition system that I'm really excited to see. I think continuing to manage and grow our team would be really exciting for me. Continuing to grow our employment branding, especially as we grow as a company. Yeah, just a lot more to come with the natural growth. It's really cool to see a biotech from this view, especially my first one, mm-hmm. and see the different steps pre-commercial and hopefully one day commercial. It's just fascinating to learn. It definitely is. All right. Rapid fire time. My favorite. We have a new question for this season. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> I'm ready. If you could invite one person, living or dead, to dinner, who would it be and why? This is probably the most basic answer, but (laughs) I thought about this a lot and I have to say Taylor Swift because she was just so influential in like my middle school years, even probably late elementary, high school. And just now having her throughout like my early 20s and college, I just think she's been a part of my life for so long. (laughs) And she genuinely, I want to believe, seems like such a sweet person. So I just want to like go out and grab dinner with her, you know? That is amazing. I'm 1000% crashing. I would love. (laughs) Please do. That's a great answer. I did not see coming. Um, What is something you're currently working on in your role that you're excited about? Yes. So we are, I'm starting a new social campaign within our employer branding space, which will be focused on All of the great volunteer work we're doing here, um, you know, sponsored through Intellia and also chatting with employees here about, you know, the work that they're passionate about outside of Intellia. So I'm very excited to get those um, all set up and also just meet and interact with people throughout the company while I'm gathering their stories. I'm really excited about that, too. So we know you recently had your wedding and your honeymoon. So what was looking back (laughs) the best part of your day what is the if you could pinpoint one moment what what was that moment the wedding day you're saying yeah yeah the the wedding day that's a tough question I think it was so we set up the reception where we had a long table like sort of against the back wall and then a bunch of round tables the rest of the way and we were in the long table so our back was to the wall and the front was facing out looking at all the round tables and I would say sitting and eating slash we gave like a quick little speech but just being able to look out in this room and see a hundred of our closest family and friends was pretty amazing a lot of people gave me the advice to try and like soak that moment in before walking down the aisle but it was hot and the sun was in my eyes and I think I walked out I was so nervous (laughs) so I'm glad I was able to still get that moment but in the reception and just having all of our family and friends there support us was was just so amazing the day flew by it was 
way too quick. I'm I'm sure. (laughs) I have to ask too, because I feel like they always say, make sure you do this on your wedding day. But were you able to eat the dinner? (laughs) Or were you talking to everyone? I did. I regret not eating more of it. I was so anxious to just get up and walk and say, you know, say hi to everyone. Yeah. But I will give a shout out. The venue did such a good job of making sure. I will actually give the tip instead. The moment we finish the ceremony, everyone else goes to cocktail hour. They quickly pulled us into this private back room. They didn't tell anyone. So people didn't know where we were. And they had all of our hors d'oeuvres and appetizers from the cocktail hour there for us. And so we got to sit and eat and just be together. And it was the only moment we were alone. And it ended up being the only cocktail hour food we got because we were in photos the rest of the time. So it was huge. And I was so nervous for our first dance. So we were able to practice again in the like few minutes we had alone and just help calm my nerves. So yes, I think I would say I did eat. I probably should have eaten more, but (laughs) it wasn't a complete fail. (laughs) That's good. That's better than I would say the vast majority of married couples um, on their wedding day. Yes. And then they ended up giving us a tier of our cake to take home, which we froze. But then we ate right when we got back from the honeymoon, which I know everyone says to wait a year. But I disagree. It was so delicious. That's awesome. (laughs) And what is something you're currently working on in your role that you are excited about? Yes, I think it is the fact that we are going. So we are sponsoring SACNAS, which is the Society of Advancing Chicanos, Hispanics, and Native Americans in Science. This is our third year sponsoring their National Diversity in STEM conference, but it's the first year in person. And I am really excited to go in person, meet people, and just interact. And I guess it's not necessarily new for Intelia, but it's in person. So I am really excited to go to that. That will be great. That will be a great trip. Yes. All right. Final cue. This is a long episode, but I think it's a good one. So sorry, everyone. <laughs> but the final question is, what's your favorite thing about working at Intelia? Again, it's so hard not to say the people. I'll give <laughs> like a two-sided answer. Or at least I'll dive a little deeper into that. I would say the instead of saying the people, I'll say just the environment that I think has been built at the company. We've mentioned it several times throughout this podcast episode, but I just feel like especially our HR team, there's a a great level of trust there. People are valued from the day that they walk in. They don't have to earn that value on our team. And also, I just feel like there, of course, there's a focus on the work and getting things done, but there's also an equivalent focus on making sure we're being developed as employees, um, making sure there's balance in, you know, work-life balance and making sure that we really are happy in our day-to-day at the company. And then just to close out, I would also say what you had mentioned previously as well. I always was worried that I would get into my career and I would just feel like I was doing work and there wasn't necessarily meaning tied to it. And even though we're not directly working in the lab, like you said, I do feel like my work is contributing to a larger mission and a larger goal. And it will great to see all it will be great to see all those things come to fruition one day. But as of now, it's just a very exciting time to be here. Yes, I totally agree. Well, I'm excited for season three. I think this is going to be a great one. Yes. So tune in next week. We will go back to the normal format and we will see what the season holds. Thank you so much for listening to our first episode of season three. 
Next week, we'll be back with a new episode featuring Intelia's Chief Business Officer, Derek Hicks. He shares all about the day in a life of a CBO and some tips and tricks for interviewing at Intelia. Be sure to tune in. We'll be dropping episodes from here on out once a week on Thursdays, and we can't wait to hear what you think of season three.